Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, make sure you pause the tape right now and do that first. Because today we're going to continue that conversation and talk about how to gear your trading towards your longer term life goals. Another question I had just to kind of throw it in here real quick, if I can find it, it was, uh, Mikhail, I had issues with my stop loss recently. How far would you adjust your stop loss not to be stopped out? And there's no answer to that question. I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, but I you know can't answer that question. How, how far would you adjust your stop loss not to be stopped out? And would you do that? I know it should be based on structure and risk reward ratio, but I've been stopped out for less than a pip and uh, and had the market go in my direction once in a drawdown. Now, here's the key thing. We just talked about this. Once in a drawdown, would you reassess your trade and adjust your stop loss? What do you guys think? Now, yep, Nikki says no. As soon as you hear once in a drawdown, what does that remind you of? Is, is that a observation that you're making or is that a fear-based move? Fear kicking, emotions, right? Fear. We should be evaluating whether we're in a drawdown or whether we're on a heater. We don't want to make adjustments just because we're in a drawdown. That is a, a big red flag for a fear-based move. Now, the question of how how far would you adjust your stop loss, I, I don't know. That's going to take that's going to take observation. That's going to take going through, going back through your trades seeing how many times were you stopped out by one pip and seeing if you need to go to a you know a, probably a full atr more would be too much that would throw off a lot of things but maybe you need to give yourself a little bit more breathing room what that breathing room is i i can't answer that that's going to be depending on what the the charts tell you but we also need to understand that no matter where our stop loss is at, this is very important, no matter where our stop loss is at, and no matter where our targets are at too, we're always gonna be stopped out by one pip at some point. We're always gonna miss targets by one pip at some point. So it's a very dangerous game of consistently moving your stop loss to avoid the one pip stop out. I had a buddy of mine, very good, trader now investor now who kept missing targets by a single pip so what do you think he did he started adjusting his target down by a little bit a couple pips right started noticing that his new target a couple pips closer than his previous target 
also started being missed by a couple pips. So what do you think he did? He started moving his target down a little bit more, right? Gonna grab those pips. These were very small adjustments at first, right? Target closer by two pips. Target closer by two pips. Now you fast forward and imagine repeating this process every time you miss by one pip. And I'm telling you, no matter where your stop loss or target are at, you're going to get missed by one pip at some point in your trading career. You fast forward months later, his average target or his new target was about 50% of what his original target was. He was now hitting at a much higher win percentage. But guess what? His reward was no longer covering his risk. Because his losses were full. And I don't know this part of the story, but he may have even did the same thing with his stop loss, right? He stopped out by one pip. Let's just move it two pips down. Oh, stopped out by one pip again. Let's just move it two more pips down. It was a steady habit of increase, decreasing reward, increasing risk. With if you have a risk reward tool, and if you know math, you can you can know the dangers that that can get you in. So, again, it takes observation. You need to observe whether this is a consistent issue. Do you have stops in a bad place? Do you, if you have stops one pip below structure, then that's a bad stop loss. If you have stops in a good place, and every once in a while the market just gets you. Welcome to the club. I've been got plenty of times. Plenty of times. And I'm going to keep getting got. But you have to be able to determine whether it's just unfortunate luck in the markets or if it's a technical issue of where your stops are at. If it's a technical issue, you need to make the adjustment. If it's unfortunate, it's just unfortunate. If it becomes routine, like all of your trades are doing this, then you probably need to make a slight adjustment. If it's the spread, make a slight adjustment due to the spread. But that's another example, evolving as a trader, coming from observation, coming from observations, observations and actions. Now, another way to evolve as a trader, aside from just kind of the, the technical stuff with, with entry stops and targets, we talked about, you know, paying attention to what you're doing and becoming better at target taking, becoming better at uh, stop loss risk management. Um, becoming more aggressive or conservative with entries. Someone mentioned this earlier, um, adding strategies, right? Building your portfolio in different ways, right? When I first started trading, I traded a single strategy and it worked, but there was opportunity on the table because there was there was a low frequency in this strategy. There was also certain times of the year or certain market conditions, I would say, where the strategies just got ripped to shreds. So I decided to not only just add frequency to that strategy to advance patterns by instead of just trading Gartley's, now trading Gartley's and bats, now trading Gartley's and bats and ciphers, I'm adding frequency. When you add frequency to something with a positive expectancy, right? Assuming you don't go crazy with your position sizing, right? You're going to add profitability. But all of those strategies are the same thing, right? What are what are all advanced patterns? Are they directional or consolidative strategies? 
Yeah, they're all consolidated, right? So I had no plan of attack when the market was directional, right? I was a, a one-trick pony. Now, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because if you, if you eat when things are going your way, right? You're kind of like a bear, right? You'll have enough in your stomach to kind of withstand the, the dull periods, right? You can hibernate for a little bit and, you know, still have a full belly when you wake up. And then you eat again on the next periods of consolidation. Um, but I didn't necessarily like that, right? I, I don't necessarily like going long stretches and, and <laughs> without being able to profit. So I decided to add something to smooth out the equity curve, right? I, I used to have a very choppy equity curve, right? Really, really big streaks up and then really, really big streaks down. And really, really big streaks up and really, really big streaks down, right? I wanted to something smoother. Right, a smoother equity curve. It manages your risk. When you manage your risk, you can be more aggressive with your position sizing. When you can be more aggressive with your position sizing strategy, you can make more money, and that's the goal—to make more money, right, and to not lose it. So, I started adding strategies that took advantage of directional markets. That's an evolution, right? You're you're adding, you're building, you're 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 developing another skill in the market. That's another way that you evolve as a trader. Or, and I guess and or, you could do both, you can add more strategies. What's another thing you can do? What else can you add, whether you add another strategy or not? Yeah, more markets, more pairs, right? You can add more pairs in the Forex market, right? Expand your portfolio. You can go into other markets. Take it to the stock market. All of those are different ways that you can evolve as a trader. And I think you should be evolving as a trader. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be something super big. It could be small adjustments, but we do have to continue to grow. It's, it's like any other business, right? If you are a business that thinks your business model is going to work exactly the same forever, you're going to be screwed. Blockbuster. No, 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 no. Well, people will always watch DVDs and VHSs. Until streaming happens. The music industry. My uncle's in the music industry. He was one of the first ones to predict. Well, originally he predicted the downfall of it. And then he adjusted, right? So he he was, uh, he's done a lot of things. He's owned record companies. He works as an A&R um, so represent a lot of artists, stuff like that. And I remember years before it happened, right? Cause I was, you know, Austin mentioned earlier, DJ Eclipse. I, I had plans of going into the music industry and he stopped me. He's like, this is a dying industry, man. You don't want to be in this. And he's, I'm, I'm like, why is it dying? He's like, well, this was around the time, like, again, like iPods and stuff were just coming out. He said, well, you know, now like they're doing music. This is whole streaming stuff. Like remember, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Napster, like, yeah, Napster. People, you know, they're they're using this thing called a computer and the internet, and they're just downloading music directly to a device. They're no longer <laughs> they're no longer walking to the store and buying it. He's like, it's, he said, it's just going to get worse. This is the future. This is the future. So he thought the music industry was dying. Now, eventually, you know, he had years to think about it and plan on how you take advantage of it. But you always have to have that growth mindset. Um, again, COVID is a, a perfect example. I, I, one of the coolest things about the COVID era, 
if we can call it that, is I love seeing how businesses adjust, right? This is the, this goes back to the investor in me. Again, my, I had a, my investing style was, um, I call it a common sense, a common sense type of investment style where again, my mentor would literally just drive me around different places and I just watch, look at parking lots and stuff like that. Um, I love, I love driving around and seeing what businesses are doing. I think it's some some have you know some have died obviously which is unfortunate some have become very creative. I mean I'm talking about I, mean, I remember the first time I saw a restaurant around where I'm at just buy this big massive one of those outdoor tents you use in the in the summer in the spring in case it rains one of those type of things the first time I saw them basically like just like knock down a wall <laughs> knocked out a wall just built one of those up and, and bring these massive like heaters outdoor heaters I'm like yep. It's technically outdoor, isn't it? <laughs> like, I love it. it. It's, 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 you know, the, the whole, and again, I give Sonic credit for this, the whole, the, the, the big thing, curbside pickup, right? That's one of the, the biggest things. Curbside pickup. You can drive your car and they'll deliver it to it. I'm like, well, Sonic, and I never, I never ate at a Sonic, but Sonic was doing that the whole time. The old, the old, uh, the old school kind of before my time, the old school kind of drive-in things where you go to like the, I don't even know what it's called, but they, they, they come out on roller skates and, and give it to your door. I'm like, Sonic was ahead of the game. Look at that. Even stuff like, I've never used them, like DoorDash and Uber Eats. Opportunities. Like, I, I love seeing different ways um, businesses have adjusted it. It's, it's, I mean, I was, again, some have faltered horribly, but the ones that kind of went into a good panic mode, they used their brain. They were, they were forced Their Their back was against the wall and they either had to survive or die. And at least for me personally, my, my best ideas come from panic when I'm in that position where it's like, you got to do or die. Like my best ideas come because there's nothing holding you back. There's nothing like, well, maybe we should. It's like, we got to do something. And it's high risk, high reward. And it's really low risk because the risk is there anyway. So it's only high reward. Because if you do nothing, you're going to fail anyway. So it's only high reward. There's, there's no risk in taking the risk if you think about it. So you're kind of free. You're free to go after a high reward. Because you're like, hey, man, like this thing's going to die anyway. I'm out to go out guns blazing, <laughs> Rambo style, American Rambo style. Biggest gun, just run out there and start blasting. Go for it. So it's awesome. It's awesome. Stuart says, for me, the problem is patience to take slow evolution. My system generates 60 to 70 trades a year. So the slow days make for uh, ideal hands looking for mischief. Well, here's what you do. Instead of looking for mischief during those slow days, turn those into your testing days. I was with you, Stuart. Again, I, tr I was a swing trader that traded a single pattern on the four-hour chart. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have tested pattern formations on the four-hour chart, right? I'm not getting 60 trades a year, right? Now, I had like a 20-pair portfolio back there, but I, I think I was getting like four trades a month. Right, maybe like fifty trades a year total, four trades a month. So I had nothing but time, and that, and I was like you. I started, I started mischief. I started going down to the lower time frames, and you know, doing a little day trading when I shouldn't have been. Um, you know, 
saying that I was working on strategies, but I was day, I was you know, day trading. I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was, do, I was doing it, all right? I said it. I was doing it. I was day trading when I shouldn't have been because I was bored and I had nothing better to do. And the markets were moving and Twitter was talking and everyone was making money but me. So I did it. All right, you got me. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm a little sorry. <laughs> I did it. So I, I get it. But what you do is you, 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 you take that free time and you ask yourself, how can I make use out of it? Do I do something that's going to lose me money like mischief in the markets? Or do I work on something that's going to potentially create me money like developing and backtesting a new strategy? So I would take that time you have in between trades and that's cool because you can make money while, you know, make money's working for you while you're not doing anything and start asking yourself, okay, do I want to back test a new pair? Do I want to back test a different market? Do I want to learn a different strategy that can complement it? Do I want to review previous trades and see what I can tweak? Right? There's so many things you can do. You just have to make the choice to do things that are going to benefit your future versus the mischief right? Versus the mischief. And then you repeat the process as a continued evolution. Once you get, once you start running on autopilot with the new thing, now you have more time to work on the next thing. And then it, and it doesn't have, it doesn't even have to be trading. It could be other stuff. It could be like if we have a few traders here that are getting into education. So they're using that time to write an article. Um, I spoke to someone the other day that they want to write a, one trading article a day. You can start developing your business. I got a meeting with a girl um, sometime this week. She does um, toppers, like the graduation hats, right? Meeting with her about developing a business. So you find, yeah, you find, you find, you find stuff to, you find positive stuff to fill that time. Yep, yeah, tough stuff. Tears of freedom. Yep. But stay away from that mischief, mischief. Oh, mistress. Well, I'm getting, there's so many, oh, so many words. Uh-oh, got to be careful. But yeah, stay away from that mistress as well. That's important. <laughs> That's a key one as well. Don't forget. Stay away from that mistress, right? Yep. Everyone. Everyone. You know why I'm talking loud. Just in case. <laughs> But stay, yeah, stay away from, <laughs> stay away from that stuff. <laughs> it's only gonna get you in trouble and cost you money. Trust me, it's only gonna cost you money. <laughs> oh man! And now we're not yet. Now we gotta delete this from the podcast. Nope, because she listens to it sometimes. So it's like, uh... people to type in. But yeah, that that evolution is is key. <clears throat> it, it it is key. I I I was under the impression that. You learn one thing and it'll work the same way forever. And that was, that was not the case. Um, and, and Mike Bellafiore talks about this a lot where it's like, you know, cause you know, he got asked the question a lot where it's like, you know, how did, how did you guys prepare to handle the COVID? Like, like to the last couple of years, like last year was a great year of trading, even better year for, you know, some many investors as well. And, and, um, he was asked the question, how do you prepare to deal with that? It's like, you don't. You don't. You, 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 you're just skilled enough to adjust to the situation. It's, it's like, again, it's like a, 
If you're a one-trick pony as an athlete, you can do one thing. If the situation changes, maybe you're not so good. If, if you're all around and skilled, you can, you can adjust to any situation. A high-tempo game, a low-tempo game, right? That, that's where the skill comes in handy. Having that skill allows you to adapt and adjust. And that's why I say you need to be good at becoming a skilled trader versus just be good at a strategy. People that are just good at a strategy, it's not really a skill. You just you know how to do a strategy. That's it. Um, when things change, you can't, you don't have the skills to make that proper adjustment to, um, to your strategy to continue going. That, that's a, that's a major, a major issue. That's a major issue, right? That's why you need to learn how to trade, not what to trade. Um, do you recommend a minimum minimum period of initial trading before evolving? Um, no, it's kind of just got to feel it when it comes. I mean, I think, I think you can always work on the next thing and understand, like if you, you can start trading right away, once you feel comfortable, like with your trading and you're kind of on autopilot, um, you're not feeling overwhelmed, you can start working on the next thing, right? But it, it's kind of, it just has to kind of come when it comes. There's, there's no time limit on it. You can't force it. You can't do it too early. Um, you just got to let it come when it comes, when, when you feel it, when you feel it or when you observe something. And again, uh, maybe get through your first year first. Maybe that's it. I think that's, you know, when you first start trading, your first year is hard enough just to get through if you're head above water. So maybe get through your first year first. Maybe that's a minimum period. Um, but you kind of just, you know, once you get comfortable, like I was comfortable with one thing. I'm like, okay, well, I think I can, I think I can handle, I think I can add a little bit more to my plate. And you go for it. Um, but that first, yeah, that first year's tough. Stuart says, I think Jason says one year. Bobby says, have you ever had a specific strategy which you haven't had to adjust over time? Um, no, um, but I, I, I guess, I mean, that's a tough question because I didn't have to adjust any of them, but I wanted to adjust them, if that makes sense. So I... Like the conversation I had earlier about um, the structure-based trades. Like for my my trading, I, I started CTS trading, super conservative, right? And it worked fine. And it, I'm sure it would still work fine. But I, I want it to become more aggressive because I saw a lot of moves that I would predict and call and didn't have a chance to be in. So I didn't need to adjust my strategy from a profitability perspective, but I, I wanted to because I saw a lot of meat that was being left on the bone. You, even right now, um, and you're in the live room every day, you you hear me talking about wanting to become more aggressive with my entries, right? Because there's a lot of trades out there that I can't take advantage of because I can't make the risk reward work because I need to, I need to wait for a specific type of entry before getting involved. Um, so it's not anything I need to do, but it's something that I, I want to do. That's a good question. I, I want to grow and develop. I, I personally want to become more aggressive because I see what I'm leaving on the table. Now, do I have to? No. And, and the cool thing about that is because I don't have to, there's no rush. So it gives me the time to like, you know, I, I typically don't make any major adjustments like that for like two years. So it gives me the time to really do the work before hopping into it. Um, but I, I want to, so I think I, I'm always gearing towards going to that path. Um, but I, but no, I don't have to. That's a really good question. Uh, Greg says, and, and a lot of that has to do with your lifestyle as well, right? So I'll give you an example. So 
as I as I get older, and you know, my, my focus is now on how can I how can how can I get the same results with my trading but take up less time, right? How can I how can I get the same paycheck but work less hours, right? The American dream, I guess that's the worldwide dream. How can I work less but make more, right? And the way to do that in trading is to become more aggressive, right? Think about it like this, right? If, if we're going to stick with the structured trade example, if I need to wait for a double bottom at structure, right, to take a trade, I am a slave at my chart for hours, right? Because we know with double bottom, we're going to need at least like three to four candles, right? So I've got to be watching this thing for like at least three to four hours. Now you can make the case if you you know you know it's an hourly chart you can come back each hour but you're still in a sense a slave to your chart you have to come back to see. All right, so if I want to take that adjustment and say okay I want to go from double bottom to higher high higher close, I know that a higher high higher close is a, is a is a two candlestick reversal right. So I need to wait either two or three hours, minimum could be could be more you never know, but I've shortened that time that I need to be at my chart. If I can go to being aggressive enough just to either look for a single candlestick or just a limit order, now I've reduced my time even more. Now I can do my like advanced patterns. I can do my analysis in the morning. Boom, I can throw an entry and stops on there and I can leave. All I need is an alarm that tells me where I'm triggered and I can put a target on. And now I've cut out almost all my analysis time or all my extra analysis time aside from my morning top down. Now, again, that's a very aggressive example, but that's an example of me buying time where I can get the same result from trading, but spending less time in the market. So for me, that's my ultimate goal. So I know that bigger picture, that's where our, that's ideally, that's where I would like to get to. So everything that I do as a trader is, 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 is addressing the question, you know, is this pushing me towards that ultimate destination? Am I walking in the right path? Is whatever adjustment I decide to make, is it pushing me towards it or away from my goal? And that kind of gears me to always want to make adjustments or look to make adjustments, even if I don't necessarily have to. And I don't think not, not making adjustments isn't settling. It's not negative. There's nothing wrong if you have something that works and you see and there's nothing that you observe that says, hey, I should fix it or tweak it. There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't want to paint the picture as like, well, if you're just doing what you've been doing, you're you're going backwards. That's not true at all. If nothing needs to be adjusted, you don't have to make an adjustment. But you got to think about the bigger picture as well. And if there's something specific you want to achieve, you may need to make adjustments to achieve that.